This is Hot Tech with Jan Vermeulen. And we're going to now cross to Jan Vermeulen from mybroadband.co.za. We're going to be chatting about how eSIMs work, particularly in a war situation where there is no cellular or internet connectivity, and how successful have they been in South Africa. Jan, thank you for joining us today. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely. And welcome back uh, from Holland. I hope you had a good break and a good yeah, start to the new year. Yeah. It's, it's great to be back and Happy New Year. Happy New Year and I hope you had a fantastic Christmas as well. How many kilos Thank heavier you. have you come back? <laughs> we don't ask such questions. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> All right. and, uh, eSIMs are a relatively new technology, not massively used in mobile phones to enable multiple SIMs. Uh, we saw that now with the iPhone. Um, what can you tell us about eSIMs and how would they work in a war situation? Sure. So uh, exactly what you were, were just saying now, they're not that widely adopted yet, but that's mm. because they are only really available in the, in the higher end phones. So you, you have to buy like a, essentially what we call a flagship phone right. to, to uh, get access to eSIMs, but they're incredibly convenient. I, I've actually switched over to using eSIMs in mine and uh, it essentially lets you uh, swap between networks without having to take out a SIM and put in a new SIM uh, and so on. And and, uh, and it actually turns your iPhone into a dual SIM device. So right. essentially all iPhones are now dual SIM devices and, and that, that hasn't been the case before. So now you've got a situation where you've got flagship f- smartphones where previously um, the, the big operators were uh, uh, you know, um, trying their best to make them single SIM only. Yes. Um, to avoid a situation where uh, people were essentially, you know, going to the big network operator like a Vodacom or an MTN for the coverage, so they could, you know, send and receive. So, that, so you've got all the coverage you need yeah. when you need it. But then, you know, you you put in a SIM from a cheaper operator, whether it's that's an MVNO. Uh, a mo- you know a virtual operator you yes. know say like if it like connect FMD, or okay. um, mm. yeah yeah um, uh, Melon Mobile uh, you Virgin, know Afrihost is another the popular choice mm-hmm. um, and and uh, to to get some cheaper data and so uh, they, they were co- they were essentially blocking that for the longest time and now with eSIMs coming in every uh, high end uh, smartphone they they can't really stop that anymore they they also they for the longest time they did not support eSIM South Africa's biggest yes. mobile network operators right. but that's that's slowly changed as well and so um, that's essentially the the idea behind the technology is instead of having to insert a sim into your into your phone it's just a digital sim because and, it, and yes so and that's, as you said it's, it's not a particularly new technology mm. but but adoption has lagged right because i mean you, you're using up valuable real estate within your device i mean everyone would be going well put in a bigger battery using a physical sim but in reality it's just you're really using that device's ime number the that device's unique um id number to connect to the network Yes, uh, and and um, there's some other you know uh, important information mm. that might be stored on a SIM right. that that is used to connect to the network, um, but essentially information uh, about how to connect to that network, uh, per- perhaps uh, encryption keys, that sort of thing, okay. um, or ways to to generate 
um, the, the the keys that you use to encrypt your communication between you and the network. And, the tower. and so, hmm. um, yeah, and so so th- that's that's essentially what a SIM is for. But um, you know, there's there's no reason uh, that it can't be digitized if it's if it's implemented correctly, and that, and that's exactly what eSIM is. And and I mean, um, if you look at competing technologies, so we are on a network standard. People don't even think about this anymore. Yes. But we're on a network standard called GSM, and there was a competing technology called CDMA. Right. That was uh, quite widely used in the United States, and they didn't have SIMs, or, or if, you know, I guess technically they did, but it was built right into the phone. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's essentially what's happening here now: is you're building a programmable SIM right into the phone, and as you say, that takes up less space, but crucially, it allows you to to chop and change between networks as you need. Right. And when you're traveling, that's that's quite a lifesaver. Because you're able to keep your, say, your primary number, the one where you receive all your important SMS messages yes. for, you know, whether that's banking or whatever the case might be that goes to that phone um, or that number. And so you, you make sure you've got roaming on on that number, but disable data roaming so that you don't get bull shock <laughs> at the end of your yes, international absolutely. trip. And then in, in the other eSIM slot, you can then put a, a travel SIM of some sort. And it's it's so convenient nowadays, you can actually buy the SIM for the country that you're traveling to online. Right. And and so you, you have it sure. That's before fantastic. you even land on the other side. Yeah, it's, it's just it's just a fantastic piece of technology. So you're not having um, to walk around an airport looking for a SIM and not knowing where the best deal is and so on. When you and, and getting fleeced in an airport, yes, um, yes. Uh, as has so often happened, yes, a- absolutely. How would an eSIM be advantageous in a war zone? In if we look at Gaza, yeah. So specifically with Gaza. Um, What's what's interesting there is um, they uh, from from the uh, reports on the ground they're complaining about the fact that their networks haven't been good to start with, right. and then um, as as the infrastructure gets damaged or destroyed, obviously the networks go offline. And so what ESIM has allowed people in Gaza to do is to connect to neighboring countries' networks that spill over into the strip. And so that might be Egypt or Israel's cell phone networks that with coverage that that spills because, you know, (laughs) the the funny thing about electromagnetism is it doesn't care about borders. Yes. Um, It's a a reminder that, that, that borders are a human thing. Not a, it's not a law of the physical universe. Um, and so um, the, the thing about, um, uh, so, so essentially what, what happens is people, um, exactly like I was just describing now, people buy sims from, say, Europe. Yes. Um, what, what is essentially a travel sim, that, uh, but, it's an, but it's an e-sim that you can then uh, you know, load into a phone and it just uses regular QR code. Right. And uh, that then uh, allows people in, in Gaza to actually connect to networks in neighboring countries. And, and so that's essentially how it's helping them. Now, it's not a, it's not a silver bullet by if people will pardon the expression mm-hmm. by any uh, by any means uh, because firstly the, the, it's really just spillover network coverage yes. so you don't have great coverage you often have to go stand on a roof which right, exposes yeah, you to a high side um, mm. um, or, or, yeah, uh, or, or get to some kind of high ground um, uh, and so and it's people closest to the border who have the best coverage uh, and then you know you from there you kind of struggle to get signal so it's not like uh, it's it's not like a Starlink 
uh, where you where you can suddenly get signal from space right. um, and, and essentially have signal anywhere. But th- this is you need line um, of sight. really just a, an emergency. Mm. Uh, you know, stopgap um, and and like uh, extreme. Let's call it an extreme measure. You know, de- a desperate measure uh, for for people to get connected when the other infrastructure has been damaged or destroyed. All right. If we look at it in terms of South Africa now, where we've all seen guys carrying multiple SIMs, multiple phones, we're trying to get the best deal possible. Um, with the higher end phones being the only option, do we see this coming into a lower, the lower end phones? And would it not be an opportunity because our network is pretty mature in South Africa. Those costs have already been recovered for the setup. So would it not be advantageous for networks to offer this to, to customers? So it'll be ad- it's advantageous for a network for the uh, MVNOs, yes. so they're the smaller guys, and and the CELCs and the telcoms. Uh, for them, it is absolutely advantageous. For Vodacom and, and MTN, no, um, they because they they currently control the customer, and the, this is the funny thing about the South African consumer. No mm. one's got a gun to your head yes. saying you must use MTN or Vodacom, but people still choose MTN or Vodacom. Right. Um, and uh, sorry, this is now me getting on my soapbox because people <laughs> like to call South Africa a, a, a duopolistic market, but that's absolutely not the case. Right. Um, you 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 have lots of choice, but people choose Vodacom and MTN because they know that they're going to get coverage there. Well, for whatever, uh, th- that's that's what uh, I think uh, people mm-hmm. choose Vodacom and MTN for. I, for the longest time, was a happy telecom, a mostly happy telecom customer right. until MTN launched that uh, Superflex yes. deal of theirs last year, where you get two hundred nine, where you pay 299 Rand and you get 10 gigs of data and as much calling um, and SMSs as you want. Right. And so I'm on that now. Um, and, it, and, it, and it works phenomenally well. And, and so um, the, the, uh, when, it, when it comes to, uh, you know, the, the economics of rolling out eSIM, uh, ISIS, when it comes to, you know, the lower end phones, absolutely the technology will become available, you know, first in the mid-range yes. and then in budget phones. But I'm wondering if, if like uh, the bigger operators like the Vodacoms and the MTNs aren't kind of waiting for something like, like SIM locking mm-hmm. so that they can lock one of those SIM slots to their networks right? Um, and, and, and um, you know, make it so that people don't just get a phone from uh, Vodacom or MTN. And it might even be a subsidized phone, right? Yes. Because phone subsidies are still a thing and then end up putting in SIMs from two, you know, from other networks in, in the, in the mm-hmm. eSIM slots. And so, I'm wondering if they're not kind of waiting for something like that before they they jump in both feet both feet into in, into the whole eSIM thing. But I mean, yes, uh, absolutely. If we look at the trajectory of technology, everything starts on the high end right. and then it filters down that, to the lower yeah. end. I mean, you've got just phenomenal cameras yes. on budget phones now. Um, so so absolutely, eSIM will will become available on right. on the entry level devices with time. Fantastic, Jan Fumulan. Thank you so much, editor at mybroadband.co, chatting about eSIM both for use in a war zone and also within South Africa.